0: Well, I think the first thing is, is that we need to understand who we are, who are we as a human being, what are our values, what's our, what is our, let's just call it a mission in life, what do we want to leave behind, you know, something that we may never accomplish, but it's like Jim Collins says, a hat for ourselves, for our lives, and, and then we have to have, we have to have goals, you know, we have to, you know, like the old adage, if you don't know where you're going, any path will get you there. So, you know, but most important thing is to understand who you are as a human being, what your values are, what your mission is, how you want to live your life. Values are just words until they turn into actions or decisions that you make. Yeah.
1: That was Howard Behar, retired president of Starbucks International, talking with Rob Holman last month about Leading with Purpose in a live studio recording session. Rob Holman is on a mission to interview 12 of the world's greatest inside-out leaders over the next 12 months. And in this episode, Rob talks with the retired Starbucks executive about the idea of values, leading with purpose, and, well, a whole lot more. So stay tuned. From AutoBurst Media, this is Inside Out Leadership with Rob Holman. Hello, and welcome to this inaugural episode of Inside Out Leadership with Rob Holman. I am Ryan Girardi, your host and guide. In a moment, you are going to be listening to Rob's conversation with Howard Behar during a live stream held in January. Howard Behar's career in business spans over 50 years, all in consumer oriented businesses, and most recently as a speaker, advisor, mentor, and best selling author. Howard is a devoted student and teacher of the servant leadership model. Please enjoy the conversation.
2: Welcome to Inside Out Leadership. I'm your host, Rob Holman. I am thrilled that each and all of you have joined with us in what many have called a pretty crazy season with great responsibility, great demand on our calendars in the home and in the workplace. But I got to tell you this, I am on a mission I'm on a mission to interview 12 of the greatest inside-out leaders in the world in the next 12 months. Now these leaders, these extraordinary leaders have faithfully demonstrated perseverance, endurance, love, humility, and service. And as a natural result, they are leaving a legacy upon the world to affect future generations. My guest today that I will officially introduce in just a couple minutes is none other than Howard Bihar Howard is the founding president of Starbucks International Howard it is a total joy to be with you today I'm honored and if if any of our live discussion has anything to do with some of our pre-recorded discussion I know uh, I'm I'm really excited I know our guests have something to really look forward to and just some brief things on you for those that may not know who you are but Howard is a pioneer a pioneer that t- helped take Starbucks, from 28 regional stores into over 15,000 stores internationally, not to mention he's the author of two books, his most recent in 2016 called The Magic Cup. And the third thing I want to highlight is he's a true pioneer in the area of servant leadership. So with no further delay, Howard, it is great to be with you.
0: Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having me.
2: Yeah. I'll tell you, I you know I could ask you tons of questions about all your accolades and accomplishments with Starbucks. And I'm sure we might hit on a couple of those for sure, but here's what I love doing. I love looking under the hood. I wanna look under the hood of your car. Like who is Howard? Because I know when we get to know more of your heart, more of how you think, more of the things that inspire you as a natural result, it'll make sense of what you were able to do with Starbucks what you're able to even now do with the boards that you serve on. So, um, so the first question I have for you is, like, we're in these COVID times, right? It's more family, because I'm a family man. We talked a little bit before we went live. right? And how are you doing just during these COVID times? I mean, a lot of stuff going on. A lot of people are like, I just want to get out. I just want to make things happen. But with the beauty and the power behind virtual opportunities, we can meet with people all over the world just by looking in a camera, kind of like what we're doing now. You're out west, I'm east, and we meet up here. So how are you doing during COVID times? I'm doing
0: great. You know, actually, it's been a, there has been good, good, a lot of good things about this. My wife and I have never spent this much time together in the 43 years we've been married. And we certainly have never had meals at home as much as we've had. So we've learned a lot about each other. And, and I I think, you know, there have been, outside of the, you know the things that are bad for human beings people getting sick people dying you know i mean it's there's some benefits to this you know i mean not everybody feels that way if i were 16 years old i'd be you know and i have i have grandkids so i know they're they're nuts right now you know let me out let me out yeah. and you know i'm 76 i'm not so much i don't need to be let out You
2: know. right it's, it's been all right. So being married, I got to ask you this, right? Because I want to know what makes Howard come alive, what makes you tick. You've been married for 43 years. Now for a person who is knocking on the door of 17 years of marriage with three amazing rambunctious kids, 12, 10, and five, what would you share with me and those watching, those listening, words of wisdom that make up for like a vibrant and healthy marriage for 43 years?
0: I'll give you two words, compassionate emptiness. compassionate
2: emptiness and
0: basically what that means is don't be full of solutions for your wife for your family for your kids open your ears and be compassionate about what they're feeling and they'll ask you if they need some advice
2: how do we do that what are some things that you've learned over the years that have helped i don't know restrain yourself from wanting because you may have an answer that someone needs to hear but yet you've disciplined yourself enough to hold back to do more listening then speaking. So what are some things we can learn there?
0: Well, you know, I, I, I'd like to tell you that I was born with the, that idea. I wasn't. <laughs> it took me a long time before I finally figured it out. And I was reading this book and, and, and it had, I'm a quote guy. So I have quotes all over my office wall. And, and this, these two words came up and I said, that's it. Because I was always hearing from my wife. I don't want solutions. I just want you to listen to me. And my kids were kind of saying the same thing. You know how kids roll their eyes when you're giving them oh, yeah. solutions and telling them what to do. So, you know, finally I said, okay, I get it. So I just started practicing and I was, I was probably in my mid forties when I started on it. To, you know, I'm not great at it. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, I don't, I don't know any men that are men tend to want to be, sure. sol- or tend to be solutional oriented. I have this, another quote that I love, and I think that it has really helped in my marriage. And it goes like this. You can't win a marriage like you can't win a negotiation.
2: Oh, I like that.
0: You know, and that, you know, that really just means that, you know, it's a team sport. Yeah. You know, and the goal is not to win the argument, right? The, mm-hmm. the goal is to come out on the other side of the argument together. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, not that's to be so right.
2: True. No, that's so true. And one of the things I want to highlight from our earlier part now of our conversation is if we want to be effective in what we do as a profession, And we know that Howard has been very successful that way with Starbucks and beyond within his sphere of influence. It really begins in the home. The more successful we are serving people in the home, we're going to be that much more successful in serving people outside the home. So Howard, I want to take it a step further with you because I once heard you say this, and it's always stuck true with me, is if we want to lead others that much more effectively around us, and serve them effectively. We've got to learn what it means to best serve ourselves first. That's right. So really, if we're talking about serving, you serving your wife, you serving your kids, your grandkids, myself, my wife, my kids. But it even goes deeper than that, learning to serve ourselves. So take me, take our viewers into what that really means to you.
0: Well, I think the first thing is is that we need to understand who we are. Who are we as a human being? What are our values? What's our, what is our, let's just call it a mission in life. What do we want to leave behind? You know, something that we may never accomplish, but it's like Jim Collins says a hack for ourselves, for our lives. And, Mm -hmm. and then we have to have, we have to have goals. You know, we have to, you know, all that. adage, if you don't know where you're going, any path will get you there. So, you know, but most important thing is to understand who you are as a human being, what your values are, what your mission is, how you want to live your life. And then you know, you take those words we call values, like my first value is honesty. I want to be an honest person. Well, everybody would say they were an honest person. You know, if you want to run a room with a thousand people, yeah, I'm honest. And then you ask the second question, what would you tell a white lie about? Right? Yeah. And and then you ask the third question, have you ever been, have you ever lied about something that's bigger than a white lie? Everybody, I don't know anybody that has it. Anybody that says they haven't is not, is lying right there, right? (laughs) Yeah. So, so, uh, you know, it's, it's being aware of you. And once you do that, then you start practicing those things. So, mm-hmm. you know, being a caring person, being a trusting person, what do those things mean to you? How do they, their values are just words until they turn into actions or decisions that you make. Yeah. And so how do you want to live your life? And so that's what I mean by uh, outside of taking care of yourself physically and emotionally. I mean, And really understanding who you are as a person and how that informs the actions and the decisions you make and take in your life.
2: Boy, so true. It's just so true. You know, oftentimes talk about purpose, helping leaders, you know, discover or rediscover their personal purpose so they can live more according to it. And I think highlighting discovering or rediscovering, sometimes we got to get back to the basics to truly embrace who we are and why we're here. So people may be listening or watching that, are 50, 60, 70, 80 years old that say, I know what my purpose is, but yet maybe they're floundering a bit. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it's a different life season to where they're like, I'm not really sure if I'm really honest with myself, I'm not really sure what my personal purpose is. So I love what you're highlighting. You're saying one of the practical ways that we can be more on point with our purpose is understanding our personal core values.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and, and then you got to write them down and you got to write your purpose down or your mission down. If, if you're just, if it's out here in the ozone and you think about it once in a while, that's not a commitment. A commitment is when you write it down, you're looking at it every day. I look at my mission every day, which is basically goes like this every day. I want to nurture and inspire the human spirit of myself first and then of others. And I say self first, goes back to what we were just talking about. Because I know if I'm not okay with me, I'm not okay with Howard. It's very difficult to nurture and inspire somebody else's spirit. And so I try to live my life every day doing that. Yeah.
2: See, I hope everyone's capturing this. I know I am. Howard, one of the main reasons why I had you on is I'm just taking a bunch of notes personally, honestly, because I'm a, I'm a big learner. And I think there's something said, as leaders remain students, highly receptive to learn from everyone, regardless of age, regardless of Uh, where people are from their background their experience when we set ourselves up for learning now we it it just fills our cup naturally and we become that much more effective because of it so for me what i'm learning from you is the more that we understand and walk in our personal purpose right we can help others closest to us namely our spouse our kids our grandkids our friends our families our neighbors and then certainly our coworkers and our team members, it just begins, the ripple effect just begins to go out more and more and more. Yeah, absolutely. In other words, we can only give what we got. So the more filled right. up we are with our purpose, we can certainly give that away. Now for you, how about your upbringing a little bit? Like I even want to go back a little further. Like, did you have parents that, I don't know, just really encourage you with personal purpose kind of inspired you? Or if not your parents and your immediate family, did you have a mentor to growing up that really put fuel on the fire to have you think the way that you think that your heart towards yourself, towards others uh, beats the way it does? What would you say?
0: Yeah, I, I would not say that my parents were, my parents were not driven. My parents were immigrants in the early 1900s, came to Seattle. My dad was born in 1895, actually. And he came to Seattle as a 15 year old on his own. He had a brother that had, they'd come from Bulgaria, left his family behind, couldn't speak the language. You know, he was in survival mode. You know, he, he they, you know, things were tough in those days, you know, right. he, he um, had to learn the language. He pushed a cart at the Pike Place Market delivering produce, saved his pennies, nickels and dimes, and opened up a mom and pop grocery store. And that's what I grew up in. <laughs> and so we were, you know, I would say relatively humble beginnings, not poor, but, but humble beginnings. And so I learned that from them that, and, uh, the other thing is, is they were really people, people, Mm -hmm. you know, and I got that by osmosis. Yeah. I learned early on the importance of relationships because they had close relationships with family members and, and with friends. And so I learned that they never said, Howard, here's how to live. Mm -hmm. I was, I was learning it by watching them and listening to them. And so that really informed me, but I, I, it took me a while. I my mother was not my mother was a hard worker, but not driven. Mm-hmm. And she and and she really didn't drive me much. Matter of fact, she used to make me so mad. She'd say, Not Howard, not everybody can be. When I'd come home and say, geez, I would like thing, you know, I was always kind of a dreamer. Yeah. Not a a dreamer. And right, a big, right. Yeah. Big difference. And and she'd say, Not everybody can be, trying mm-hmm. to say, Howard, it's okay if you don't. And I finally got me used to make me so mad because I was, I internalized as if I couldn't do it. I wasn't capable. And it wasn't until my mid twenties that I finally came to grips with the fact that I was capable because I, I ran into a guy that hired me that a mentor, he became my most important mentor in life. And And he really taught me that I could be anything or do anything I wanted to do. And he taught me how to change myself, how to change my habits and how to use affirmations to do that. And it, it totally changed my life yeah, and set me free.
2: So t- take us into that affirmations. I mean, is that still just a daily discipline that you do? And what does yeah. that look like, the the affirmations for you?
0: Well, the affirmations are basically, they're, they're pictures and words of who I want to be or what I want to accomplish in certain areas of my life. Hmm. Like I look and feel good at 155 pounds, yeah. right? So, or... Um, um, I have enough. I am enough. I do enough. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I try to use those affirmations to help me even out and drive my life a little bit, you know, and creates habits, good habits for me. And, you know, that works for me. It's just painting a picture in in words about where you're going.
2: Yeah. And isn't that true? It's like the more that we tell ourselves in a very positive fashion about who we are, about where we want to be, You know, we start actually believing that it might actually happen. And then it turns into behaviors, actions. We start living according to it. And next thing you know, we find ourselves in these really good places, meeting really uh, good-hearted people. And we're like, how did we end up here? But yet we did have something to do with it, right?
0: No, we had a lot to do with it. Because when you start repeating those things to yourself, all of a sudden they go into your subconscious. I used to have this, uh, you know, this affirmation that I wanted to, it was more of a goal, that I wanted to make my age in ec- economics, when I was thir- by 30 years old, which thirty thousand dollars when I was 30, that was almost that was 46 years ago. Wow. that was that was decent money at the, in those days, and I didn't perseverate on it. I just it just kind of went in and I put it away, and I went zipping right by it. Yeah, you know, and uh, it it was it wasn't it was just this idea that I could, and and the belief that I developed in myself, and it made things happen.
2: Yeah. So here's a, here's a follow-up question to that. You know, we're in a season, you know, with technology and people want to, you know, a lot of leaders, they want to make a big, huge impact globally, right? right. They want to influence people, people in a positive way. And if we're really honest, we can oftentimes become obsessed with the masses. I want to reach the masses. I want more people on my social media following all masses, masses, masses thinking that if I just, get out there with the large crowds, then I'll make things really happen.
1: See, yeah, I'm a I don't firm ble-
2: I know, me too. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I just so value your time and honor that you join with me because I'm a firm believer then when you focus on the one and that's you go right. deep with the one and you're present with the one and you really serve faithfully the one as a natural byproduct of that, you may very well reach some masses. But yeah. it's not the other way around. So speak to that as far as like servant leadership and faithfully coming alongside the one, getting under the one. What does that mean to you, especially in light of the the, the navigational pull of our culture right now that has to, everything to do with the masses? Well, it's, look, all you can do is
0: one. And one might turn into two, might turn into four, might turn into, you know, they do it. But, you know, our job is to help other human beings get out of life what they want. And in so doing, you know, we'll get that. We'll get them. It's like, you know, at Starbucks, you know, I focused on helping people grow and become better human beings. And in so doing, you know, they would grow the organization and the organization would grow the business. And but I had to start with focusing on the individual person and then focusing and then it focused on the team. And then, you know, what's happened is all those people that worked in Starbucks that were in leadership positions went out to other companies and they spread the gospel of servant leadership. Yeah, but because I wasn't going to ever do it myself. All yeah. I can folks. First of all, I can pretty much, you know, if I'm okay with me, I got to make sure I'm okay with me. And then if you and I can talk fine. And then if you believe in what we're talking about, you may carry it on to the next person, but I can't control that.
2: No, you yeah. know,
0: I'm not, you know, at anytime you think, you know, that, that you can, you're wrong. You know, yeah. what you can do is do you and, and maybe help another person and Here and there. And that's what I try to do. I always said, you know, if I have one person at the end of my life come to me and say, hey, Howard, you said it's an urchin inspire the human spirit, and you did it for me. That's enough.
2: Yeah, isn't that beautiful. And I think it's so telling like it's almost like the mantra slow is fast in building yeah. something special. And you've yeah. demonstrated that so faithfully over the years through Starbucks and beyond. So I just want to say thank you to that on behalf of so many people and leaders that are listening, that are watching this today. You know, I oftentimes will think of my own life and I'm only 45 Howard. So I, in many regards, I feel like I'm just beginning my life.
1: How However, I
2: have this, <laughs> of, I know. I have this sphere of influence though, honestly. And I, I want to be a really good steward of those that have been entrusted in my care in this specific season, oftentimes I'll share with people that if I come to the end of my life and I faithfully invested in about ten to twelve people, you know, like I feel really good about myself. Yeah, and, and all of a sudden, like like what you now are seeing reflection of, I'm sure in your own life, is a legacy uh, that that certainly has a ripple effect upon the earth. And But it, it definitely starts one person at a time. Now, maybe you're hinting towards this. So I've got to ask you, what, what's one of the proudest accomplishments in working at Starbucks? I mean, here you are all about the one, right? Faithfully serving yourself, serving the one in front of you, you know, faithful and serving the team that's uh, that you get a chance to serve and encourage. But at the end of the day, what would you say one of your proudest accomplishments at Starbucks over the years has been?
0: always about been about the people watching people leave the organization and go on to do great things and then reading about them in the newspaper i mean there's a young woman well she's not young anymore but she's young compared to me michelle goss who's who's the ceo of kohl's mm-hmm. she was in marketing and at starbucks or uh, another uh, woman named uh, christine day who started her own company and was the CEO of Lululemon? I mean, she worked at Starbucks. She started as an administrative assistant, and to be part of those people's lives right. and to see them go on and accomplish big things, great things, and or or people that have gone on to run nonprofits or be part—I of I don't care what it is, mm. right? Those without a doubt, those are the things I'm most proud of. Yeah. The rest of it, you know, is commentary. You know, I—I I don't, you know, it was a, Did we open a lot of stores? Yeah, but. I used to say, you know, after a while, opening stores was not the key. You know, it was, we always said it's one customer, one human being, one cup of coffee at a time.
2: Yeah. That's it. Now, now I'm going to, yeah, this is something that's fascinating to me. Okay. So with the growth of Starbucks, you know, 15, you come into the mix with, with Howard and Owen, and I believe they called you guys H2O, right? Was that the term? Yeah. And so tremendous growth over a period of so many years that you all experienced. And here at the core of it was about the one, was about faithfully serving the one. So, but were there temptations along the way? I mean, here, growth and enhancement and putting in processes and systems to best facilitate the growth that was happening. So I can't help but think there's gotta be things, exterior things tugging on you and Howard and Owen and others like to take you away from faithfully serving the one or the few. And you know, like, was there a tension in in, in the midst of that? And how did you best navigate through that tension? Was it taking a hard look at yourself in the mirror on occasion, or was it others coming to you in accountability and you going to other people in accountability to hold each other in check? Like, what was that like?
0: Yeah. I mean, there was always that tension. There was a tension to grow. We became a public company. There's tensions in the marketplace of investors that always expect more and more and more. There's, uh, Tensions with your people because they always expect more and more and more. And so you're always dealing with those things. That those are, But but yeah. if you're clear about your values, if you're clear about what your mission is like, then you always have the ability to come back to that by being reminded of what your values are. So ours were written down. And whenever we get out of sync with those values, we had a kind of an organization that people were, were not only given permission, they were encouraged to challenge it. Were we always happy about it? No. You know, I mean, there are times when it was painful, but, yeah. but we always came back to that and mm-hmm. that is what kept the company together. Yeah, You know, we were focused on growing the people and serving the people, whether it was the people we call our customers or the people that we call a partners at Starbucks at work at Starbucks. And, 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 whenever we got out of, out of sync with that, we, we, we hit the wall. We had problems, yeah. but we had the ability to come back because we had the mechanisms in place to to be challenged for that.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I love it, and and what I'm hearing loud and clear, and I'm sure all of our viewers and listeners are hearing too, is, you know, if in order to keep in check, you know, go back to your personal purpose yeah. as your anchoring, and then also go back to your professional purpose, mission, and values as well. Those will be such an anchoring force. And at the same time, as Howard's bringing out, is, you know, remain receptive to feedback, to those closest, you know, internally as well as externally that speak into your life and speak into your business. Because when you remain receptive in that place, if you're getting a little off or you're going down a certain path you ought not engage in, you know, you now can posture yourself in a very service-like manner. And I You can- have to be
0: more than receptive. Hmm. Receptive means that you wait, hmm. right? That you're not out there making it i always said tell me i wanted to know you know when i did reviews with my people which i didn't believe in performance reviews annual performance reviews they were always in the moment you know at the time i always said tell me what i can do to support you better where am i failing you and that's what you have to do you got to be proactive You, you don't wait for it to happen you don't wait for the marketplace to tell you something you don't wait for your people you go get it and how am I screwing up? And when you start to do that, then people feel empowered to do that When even when you don't ask them. And it's really important. That's right. It's critical, as a matter of fact. It's 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 exactly the same in your life. I have you know, my wife last now, but I ask her a question about every month or every two months. to say, honey, how are we doing? Yeah. Right. How are we doing? Ooh, I, I can talk, I can
2: only imagine Howard. A lot of uh, men and women are listening to this, and if we were to ask our spouses, we get the big gulp in our throat, like uh, of waiting with anticipation of what they're going to say. How are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, look. You know,
0: it's uh, I always tell the story about. You, you know, tonight, go home and on your way home, buy a really nice bottle of wine, very expensive, something that your spouse or significant other really like. And also pick up a couple of Rydell glasses, about 60 bucks a piece. Yeah. So that really go with that one. And when you get home tonight, I want you to say, hey, honey, I'm home. Hey, you got time for a glass of wine? I bought your favorite Pinot Noir or whatever <laughs> it is. Infandel. And let's have a sip of wine. And she or he is going to say, what the hell? <laughs> right, it's going and then you sit down with him and you pour them a glass of wine. And you say take a sip What do you think and they say god, this is really great. Yeah. And then say honey, this is your lucky day <laughs> This is going to be your annual performance
1: review <laughs>
0: As your ass is bouncing out the front door you see because it's meant to be lived in a moment See yeah. performance reviews are going on all the time. You're getting you're getting be- evaluated all the time. So why wait to have when it when it blows up into a huge deal inside your home, invite it. Yeah. How are we
2: doing? You know, and don't be open to it. Yeah. You be know. proactive. I'm hearing you saying yeah. that, Howard, which I love is instead of being reactive, instead yeah. of just you know, you're being proactive. You're taking those yeah. steps on a consistent basis to receive feedback and then make yeah. the appropriate adjustments and enhancements because of that. And so- that applies at work. It's the same. Your
0: comment about work and home. Look, at, I, I have this theory that I call wear one hat. Whoever you are at home is who you are at work. Whoever you right. are at work is who you are at home. I'm always amazed by some leaders that are absolute nicest people ever at work. Everybody would say how great. Then they come home and they're absolute right. maniacs. Right. Or, or are they the opposite of that? That's not how life is meant to be. Work, yeah. lived. it's one continuous loop, right? One mm-hmm. continuous loop. Your values are your values no matter where you are. So how you right. act at work is how you act at home. It's how you act at home. It's how you act at work, right? And
2: that keeps your whole. Yeah, you know that's right. I know. I always like to put it like this: is you take yourself with you wherever you go, and at the end of the day, what an easier life to live and to lead out of when you don't have to put on this hat when you bump into someone at a convenience store or you yeah. got to get ready for this call. There's a freedom and a liberation to be who you are and to do what you exist to do. So right. Howard, as we land this plane, cause I, I really like to keep these monthly um, you know, live interviews to about 30 minutes and get sure. right down to it. So thank you yeah. so much for just your insight, your input and everything. But real quickly, if there's one parting thing you wanna leave with us today, whether it's a phrase, a couple lines that you think at the end of the day, I'm gonna to cut to the chase. Here's what really I wanna get across. Like, what would you say?
0: Uh, there's two or three things that come to mind. Come on, but yeah. I think the, I think the most important thing is this, that you can be whoever you want to be. You can change anything about yourself, but you have to know what you want. You have to know who you are and it has to be written down a life worth living is a life worth planning for and thinking about and being clear about who you are and then holding yourself accountable. But, you know, I just think that it, I don't care whether you're 15 or you're 80, it's never too late to change. Right. And the time is now, take More. the time to write down your values and define what those values are. And, and it takes a It takes work, but do it. You'll, you'll never regret it.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much. That's so good. If people want to learn more about you, I don't know your website, whether it's books, you know, of course you've authored two books back in 2009, 2016. So yeah, tell us where we can find out more about you. If we want to invite you to speak, if we want to uh, just, yeah, invite you into a podcast interview, what would you say?
0: Uh, my email address is HB at Howard My cell phone number is two Oh six nine seven two seven, 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 six. I'll answer anybody and or, and talk to anybody. But, you know, my my goals are simple, you know, just to nurture and inspire the human spirit and doing that every day. So I'm here to help others.
2: Yeah. Well, I got to say, uh, selfishly, this has been a, such a joy and an honor for me as I've taken a lot of mental notes, for sure. I know so many other viewers and listeners have done exactly the same. I appreciate a couple of things on the spot that just come to mind when I think of you now getting to know you a little bit better in your heart. I do think of a a person of great humility, uh, a person that's genuine. You know, that authenticity is thrown out there in world culture right now, Howard, but you are one that has really demonstrated that very well. So thank you for being who you are. Thank you for doing what you've done. And I look forward to continuing the friendship with you. Thanks so much. for Thanks, Rob.
0: Thanks for inviting me.
1: You are listening to Inside Out Leadership with Rob Holman. That was your Inside Out Leadership servant with retired Starbucks international president, Howard Behar. Rob Holman is on a mission to interview 12 of the world's greatest Inside Out leaders over the next 12 months. You can catch all the interviews and more right here on Rob Holman's Inside Out Leadership podcast. I'm Ryan Girardi from Auto Conversion a private digital community for marketing professionals to learn, network, and grow their careers by participating in professional-grade media opportunities for public relations and content marketing purposes, plus exclusive member programs designed to help grow and enhance your career. Autoconversion invites you to be part of this growing network just like Rob has been since 2017.
2: Autoconversion is a tremendous resource for content producers and those looking to just enhance that content and the delivery of that content. To find out more about auto conversion, please go to www.autoconversion.net forward slash I O L and check out the member section today. Uh, In addition, I want a closing thought here that you take yourself with you wherever you go. My gift to you, not only was it uh, having Howard on today, In addition to that, I wanna encourage you to take my free five minute inside out leadership assessment. So if you go to www.robholman.com forward slash checkup, it's a five minute assessment. You can go down, learn more about the assessment. It's gonna highlight four specific areas of your life to see how you're doing. It's a checkup in them. Things like perspective, purpose, vision, and self care. And it's gonna give a really honest assessment. And also too, as you give that assessment, we're going to be able to reach out to you and let you know of our next live show approximately a month from now. So thank you so much for joining with me. And uh, my name's Rob Holman for Inside Out Leadership. Until next time, we'll see you later. Thanks.